Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is season five, episode 78. How do you stop your subconscious from pulling you towards the narcissist? Do you wonder if there is an invisible force connecting you to the narcissist and whatever choices you seem to make, you just keep getting sucked back in? Today with our guest, Madhvi Mather, we discuss what are the invisible emotional elements that keep us stuck in unhealthy cycles. And surprisingly, they may not have much to do with you and even your choices or feelings, something that you don't even have control over. However, as a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, Madhvi helps people who are struggling and feel stuck to release their trapped emotions and limiting beliefs so that they feel alignment and flow in their lives. If you are struggling in a toxic cycle in your relationship, you will find this episode incredibly useful as we discussed those invisible elements and outside forces that have affected our emotions and the energies held within. Certain energetic cords connected between the narcissist and yourself and how energy in your space affects your relationships. And then we shared three tips to support your overall emotional wellness. So I can't wait to share with you, Madhvi. I personally have gone through all of her programs. She's helped me clear out blocks in my abundance through the emotion code, as well as my relationships. And surprise, surprise, it was all within my own conditioning and abuse responses in my emotions that were trapped from my previous relationship. So she's incredibly powerful, so helpful, and the emotion code is something that anyone can do and it's accessible. So let's dive into this conversation to hear what are these elements that are mysteriously pulling us towards the narcissist. Hey, Madhvi, I'm so happy to have you here and back on the podcast. You're like, you've grown to be such a dear friend and a guide and a help in all of the emotional and subconscious realms. So thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm really excited for this opportunity to speak with you today. Absolutely. So you were going to talk about emotion code, the subconscious, how it can really affect our decisions, our behavior, and our relationships today. So, but first, maybe some of our listeners are new to this and they've recently joined or they forgot about our episode a while back. Um, like refresh us. What is the emotion code? Sure. So um, I like to describe the emotion code as a framework or a system that we can use to identify and release trapped emotion and limiting beliefs that can become stored in the body. So this whole system, it works at a subconscious or unconscious level. And the whole goal of it is to help bring balance to your body and to help improve your emotional wellness. That's really the goal of why we use it. 
and what we're looking for from it. It is 100% based on intention. Um, the whole emotion code works based on intention. And what I mean by that is what we, what our hopes are for why we're doing a session, why we're using it, what is the end output or the end goal. Um, that is tied to the intention that we set at the beginning of every session. I love so hopefully that. that. Yeah, hopefully that helps give a little bit, um, you know, there's so much that we can talk about when it comes to it, but that's a really quick recap. Um, and to add to it, it's really based on the premise that in our lives, we go through different experiences. Some of those experiences can cause us to feel negative emotion. And those are the emotions that we're really looking for. We're looking to find, identify, and then release. Hmm. Which are really that. hard to identify. I remember working with you. Things for mm -hmm. me came up and I was like, what? That's like, because it's, it's so subconscious. You, it's hard to like sit there and be able to, to like dredge it up. You know? Exactly. And there's and so you much, right? It. Yeah. And there's so much that happens in a given day. Um, and often, you know, many people who do sessions are doing sessions for the first time. So we're really looking at a lifetime of buildup. Right. A lifetime yes. of buildup. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like plaque on your teeth, but it's emotional and your subconscious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mentioned that you worked with me and it was an am amazing experience to work with you and to release so many things uh, around money. Right. And that mm -hmm. was a really interesting tie in and connection. I also want to bring in the element that this subconscious may not just be yours. It may be something that's okay. from your ancestral line. And what was interesting is you did two. We did the abundance and then we did the relationship. Mm -hmm. And in the abundance, my mom's line kept coming up. And then in, in the relationships, my dad's line kept coming up. So I, th I thought that was really interesting. What's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people walk away from sessions realizing or understanding is that so much of what we call emotional baggage, you know, um, emotional trapped emotions, limiting beliefs, so much of that can come from outside sources. And like you just mentioned, you know, it can come from your parents, grandparents, um, inherited trapped emotions. And I think many people start a session, you know, often being so hard on themselves and trying to figure out why they're going through what they're going through or why they are the way they are. And I think as things start coming up and they realize that, oh my gosh, like so much of what I've been holding on to is not even mine. It just really is eye-opening and it really helps let go and release so much. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that people are, are really surprised or um, amazed to learn about in a session as you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was so interesting too, um, and it was one of your testimonials um, mm -hmm. that someone had said is like, it also makes so much sense. Like you can't ever really like come to it just on your own with trying to journal or write it out. It's, there is an actual structured way that you come about all of these, you know, you do, you have your chart and we, you did the muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So like there's a guide to figuring it out. And then at the end, it's like every time there something would be brought up, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. And I could kind of see the evidence in the behavior that I experienced as a child, let's say from like my mother's line. 
And then we were able to completely release it. That was the powerful part. Yeah. And I think that's an experience that many people share is that what comes up in a session makes a lot of sense and it really resonates. And I think that's why this works and that's why people are more open to trying it and using it now um, because it makes so much sense. And you almost have a feeling of understanding immediately when something comes up. Uh, most people say, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. And, you know, um, they were already kind of figuring it out on their own. There was something nudging them towards it already, which is such a beautiful thing, because I think for me, it makes it even more powerful and impactful to know that, you know, if people were saying it didn't make sense or it wasn't matching up to what they believe. Um, it would be really hard to continue doing this work, but that's not the experience, you know, as you, as you just said yourself in your session, things made sense. It resonated. Yeah. And um, that's the best part. Yeah. So is emotion code new or like who, who came up (laughs) with this system? It's not new. Um, Dr. Bradley Nelson, um, he wrote a book um, and you know, I'm going to get the year wrong that it was released in, but um, there's a book called The Emotion Code. Um, it's definitely over 15 years ago that the the book was released. Um, I had my first Emotion Code session about 14 years ago, so I know it was definitely before that. Um, yeah. The Emotion Code was released back then, and he recently just released the new book called The Body Code. Um, oh, yeah. The beautiful The beautiful thing about this is that it's really nothing new. We're just being taught how to um, interpret these things using the chart in the emotion code and the body code. Um, all the information is available. The books are available. Everything that we learn is something that each person can actually do themselves. So uh, the way that we're using these charts is through muscle testing. So muscle testing is something that Um, There's a lot of information about online as well and, you know, um, how we can tap into our subconscious and understand some of the responses that our body is giving us. And this is talked about in the book. So I definitely recommend if that sounds interesting to anybody, um, definitely check out the books. They're available. A lot of the content is online as well. Um, But, you know, in the meantime, there's people like myself who have learned through our training and certification um, how to help you interpret and um, definitely show you how a session is done. But it's something that if anyone's interested in, please do check it out. There's so much information available. Thank you for that. That's great. I love it. It's like similar to human design where it's not new, but I guess compared to like astrology, of course it's new, but you know, it was kind of, uh, yeah. Um, what's the right word? Inspired or created when when we were little babes yeah I think it's the concepts are not new but I think we're being taught it's being brought to like it's becoming more widespread um and I think you know the hope is that one day it'll be releasing a trapped emotion will be as common as doing breath work or meditation for yourself you know um and more and more people are understanding the importance of energy and emotion and emotional wellness that this is going to probably become a very used tool. I love that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just it elevates the emotional intelligence. It does. It does. Exactly. And that's what I always say is that what we're trying to do is we're trying to strengthen our emotional wellness. We're trying to support our emotions instead of holding on to them. 
We're trying mm-hmm. to release them so we can feel lighter and better. Um, and that's definitely one of the outcomes is you really feel that sigh of relief when you let go of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to commercial break. But after that, yeah. we're, she's going to share with us how the emotion code helps us release, speaking of releasing, the unknown, the unseen, and really releases from this cage of a toxic cycle with a narcissist or in our toxic relationships or negative self-talk. So we'll be, we'll be right back. Okay, so let us know, you know, all of us empaths are on the edge of our seats. How does the emotion go to help us release all of this stuck energy that may not even be ours that's holding us in this toxic cycles? Well, I guess the first step with the emotion code is bringing awareness to what these emotions even are. What are the limiting beliefs? And we go through a a very structured process of identifying it through muscle testing. As I mentioned, we're using muscle testing to guide us through the session and guide us through the charts. And we, once we identify an emotion, for example, anxiety, fear, sadness, um, there's 60 different emotions that are covered in the emotion code chart. So we identify one and we go through a process identifying, bringing awareness to it. And once we get there, that's where we, we either need to know more about a certain emotion or we don't. And each person's session is very different and unique. Sometimes you need to know a little bit more about it and sometimes you don't as you as you've experienced. Um, and then we release, you know, and the release too happens all through intention. So what we what we would do is, you know, if you're looking at a relationship or you're looking at how this can help with any emotional baggage and anything that's relating specifically to a relationship, that's the lens that we would take when we are approaching the entire session. So this is where the intention that we set at the beginning of the session becomes so important. So if somebody wants to focus on relationship, that's part of our intention that we would set. And we would then go through and release one by one. Um, I know one of the questions that a lot of people bring up when we're dealing specifically with relationships is how can I change my partner or how can I change the situation? How can I change the other person? So I do want to just mention here that all the work that we're doing in a session is for you. It's for the person doing the session. And it is very much about, you know, healing yourself, working on yourself, building your own emotional strength, building your own emotional wellness. And that's where, um, you know, I always talk about the ripple effect and that's how really the changes come to life in your relationship, whether you're in a relationship or you're seeking a relationship or you're coming out of a relationship, whatever the situation is, it's still beneficial because the, those around you, your loved ones, your family, your friends, that's where the ripple effect comes into play because they see the change in you. And that's really what brings forth the change in your day-to-day life, right? Um, Exactly. So it's really shifting energy, releasing energy that could be stuck and built up that you may be showing up in your relationship with every day, right? So there's Mm -hmm. like um, 
all this stuff, like all these things that could just be weighing you down that you're getting an opportunity opportunity to release and let go of. Yeah. Or even like have the awareness to even know you need to let go of it. Like that's a really thing. Exactly. The most powerful thing is, is this yes. system, like your chart and the way you go through it, it, it is, it's almost like going to a doctor and having a checklist, like, like to be able to pull it out and release mm-hmm. it, you have to be able to identify it. But if you just yeah, sit and- there and close your eyes, you can't really identify it. Right. Yeah. And what we're doing in a session is we're always looking at the root cause. So it's almost like we're working backwards. We're working Mm -hmm. backwards and kind of going backwards to see what was the root cause? Where did this originate? And that's what we want to release is we want to release that and anything else associated with it. And oftentimes people will find that it's really old stuff. You know, it's really Mm -hmm. old stuff that's still showing itself in different ways. And where it comes to life is in your thoughts and your actions and your behavior, and your decision making. Those are kind of the places that you see it, but it's, it's hard to correlate it ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, in, our, in our conscious mind, it's hard to make that correlation. Yeah. And it's, it's not even like the blame, like I was saying about my abundance story and like <laughs> my mother's life came up so much because it was even beyond her. Like there's no person to blame it's just this energy that's just like carried on and carried on and now I was able to set those intentions and release it and like it's released like I was telling you things were mm-hmm. it's not like thousands of you know millions of dollars were flowing to me but finally like there was flow in the income you know there was flow in flow out it, it just felt like a open river right like a, a rock was stuck in that river mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. opened up yeah. And that's how I would describe my experience as well. It's really a shift in mindset. Right. So um, I always say that to people who are working on possibly money or finances. It doesn't mean that you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be, you know, millions of dollars in your bank account, but your mindset shifts. And that's mm-hmm. where you really see the biggest change. Yeah. And it, it, correlating to the human design, I continue mm-hmm. to live in my strategy. And then I think I shared with you, I can't even remember how many different opportunities came to my way. It's like, oh, I, I was asked to lead a, a meditation on an app. And then I was mm-hmm. asked to be a podcast coach through an academy. Like, and there's an opportunity there to be an actual, you know, have an income consistently in the podcasting world, as well as, you know, all the different guests coming in here and this, the the sponsorship opportunities, like everything just opened up. Yeah. And I think the great thing is like you actually recognizing that. And that's also a shift. A lot of times when I start working with people, um, they're not really at a place where they would recognize something like that. But by the time they do a couple of sessions, um, that shift really starts to occur where they recognize things. Just like you mentioned, each of these things is a sign that things are shifting, things are changing. Um, and it's because your mindset is has shifted along with it and you're able to see these opportunities, which is great. Yeah. And then speaking to relationships, mm-hmm. we talked about cords in my session. Mm-hmm. There was an actual cord that you helped me cut. We both cut it together. That was directly connected. I don't know. We, we couldn't identify it was conscious or unconscious, but my ex-narc had attached like an actual cord to my heart 
And all these years afterwards, I'm fine. I'm healed. I'm talking about it. I'm sharing. But it still was there and it was like limiting me. So that was really powerful. Can you talk about cords and how they can negatively affect us? Yes. So these cords that you're referring to, they're energetic cords that can be formed between two people. They are unhealthy. When we identify them, we want to release them immediately. Um, It's an unhealthy connection between two people and it can really create all kinds of problems in a relationship. And in your case, you know, you're not in that relationship anymore, but it still holds some influence over you in a way. Um, And it can create both physical and emotional problems in your life. I don't know if the person would be creating them consciously. My guess is they're probably mostly unconscious because I don't think they would ever know that they could impact your life in that way. I'm not sure. Unless they're like Um, those like sadistic spiritual guru type people, then which is a very tiny, small percentage. But yeah, I think the normal person is probably subconsciously attached. Yeah. I mean, they may have a thought, they may say something and they may not even understand the power of their words. Right. And some energy is that bond is created, that link is created. Um, But what it can really do is it can make you vulnerable to the to negative energy from each other. I usually see this like often in like a mother-child relationship and then again in a in a relationship with a partner or with a spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really does hold something over you and oftentimes it can create um, many different things. I think different people see it come to life in different ways. Like it can create irritation, aggravation, um, negative negative feelings towards each other right anger um and then once you release it it really just that that disconnection can can happen where you see those things fade you can respond differently your case is a little bit different because that person's no longer in your life right so i'm trying to remember did that come up when we were working on my relationship with my current husband I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you can have sabotage, like negatively affecting, you know, I talk a lot about like, he'll do something, my husband currently, and immediately I think, oh, well, that's not okay. And it reminds me and it like sets me back into the response I would have with my previous partner, which is that energetic cord, I think, influencing that. Yeah. And it can, um, you can have more than one cord with one person. You can have a couple. And we can also create new ones, right? So the thing is, we're talking about energy here. So new energy can be formed. There can be a situation in the future where a new one gets created. Um, and, and you'll be more aware of that too, now that you're experienced and understanding that something like that can exist. I think you'll kind of sense that something is off, something is going on, right? And there could be a potential cord created. Um, but again, um, when it's someone that's no longer in your life, again, like you said, it could be still having some hold over how you show up in your current relationship. So it's always nice to release all of that. So there's no tie. There's yeah. no energetic we don't, none of us, tie. None of us want to be tied to our exes yeah. and the narcissists yeah. in our life. <laughs> yes. No, definitely not. So it's always great when those come up to And our intention in a session is always to release the biggest things that are going to help you the most. So we're always trying to get the biggest cords, the things that are impacting you the most, the things that will help you shift forward the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, one other thing that just popped in my head also, just so people can really fathom the depth of how emotion cord can help them is code, not cord, <laughs> is even it can be like you've picked up in the womb. Like I remember releasing a lot of strong energies that mm -hmm. I picked up while I was in the womb. I was like, you're just in there. You can't, you have no control over it, but it's there and it's attached to you. And that's a huge one. And I didn't mention that one earlier. I think we said inherited. We said from parents, you know, you can also have absorbed where you're absorbing emotions from other people. So if something resonates with you, if something resonates with an imbalance, like if you're even watching a movie, TV show, listening to music, that can even cause an emotion to kind of become trapped because it's kind of striking a chord with you with something that you're already imbalanced with. Right. So yeah. that's happened to me where I've watched a really emotional intense tv show or movie and it's like i know that it's impacted me right oh yeah um, no i remember just recently i was watching one it was a netflix movie and i even brought it to my husband it, and it made me like my mind and my heart real i was like how could she do that it was like the worst yeah, ending yeah. ever he's yeah. like that's why i don't watch those movies like why do you watch I know. <laughs> I know that happens to me all the time um but coming back to the prenatal um that's yeah. a huge one that's a huge one so um, within those first nine months when the baby's in the mother's womb, the baby can pick up things that are very overwhelming to the mother. And there are many emotions and even limiting beliefs that come up where from the time you're born, you're, you kind of already have that, right? Because you've taken it on from the mother. So um, I've seen many people who majority are holding on to most of prenatal so there's very little that's their own and majority of the emotions that come up are really from back then. Um, and they're very happy to release that. And oftentimes they they do indicate that that makes sense because they know that certain trimesters are really difficult for their mother or they know that their mother was going through a difficult time. Um, and even if the mother is not, I think pregnancy in general can be. A time where mothers are more emotional and perhaps, you know, feeling yeah. more things during those nine months. So there's a chance that the baby can hold on to it. So that, yeah, that's absolutely. a huge, that's a huge one that comes up for people as well. Yeah. And then that leads us into the heart wall. Like Ooh. how does, what is it? And then how does that affect our relationships? Well, I mean, a heart wall affects a relationship very similar to how a trapped emotion would, but let me explain the heart wall a little bit first. Um, the heart wall, so maybe just to back up for anyone who didn't listen to our previous conversation, I do just want to take a minute to explain what a trapped emotion really can look like, yeah. just so I can explain the difference between a heart wall and a trapped emotion. So a trapped emotion is something that if you had to visualize it, it's kind of like um, a ball of energy, but negative energy. So it's kind of the size of your fist or the size of an apple or an orange, and it lodges itself somewhere in the body. Okay. So it'll, for example, like anxiety might lodge itself on top of the stomach. And that's all in the chart. In the emotion code chart, you see that the emotions correlate with certain organs in the body. That's a traditional trapped emotion. Heart wall is a little bit different because heart wall is very focused around the heart organ itself and it's very protective in nature. So the concept there is that your heart 
may require protection to get you through certain situations in life. And rightfully so requires protection. So if you're going through a challenging time, a dangerous situation, challenging situation, difficult situation, your heart may feel like it needs to protect itself and therefore protect you to get through that, right? Mm -hmm. Difficult relationship, a divorce, challenges Mm -hmm. within the relationship. There could be many days that you require protection to get through difficult times. So the heart is sort of building up these protective layers. So it's a bit different because it's very focused around the idea of protection and around the heart. Okay. And if we're, if we're looking at a heart wall, we measure this. So the idea here is that you have an energetic wall that's actually sitting on your heart. And we measure this heart, this heart wall in feet, like we would mm-hmm. actually measure an actual wall, just to mm-hmm. get an idea of what is the size of this? How much is there that we have to release? And again, um, how it can show up in your relationship is very similar to how trapped emotions can impact. Because if you're showing up in your relationship feeling like you require so much protection, but protection from old situations in your life, things that are no longer happening in your life, things that are no longer relevant in your current life, but you're functioning as though you require that protection. Yeah. So um, you kind of show up showing in a relationship up, very cold, right? <laughs> you show up, you show up with all of that every day. So it's sort of like it's not needed and you're kind of, um, it, it, how it comes to life is again in the same way through your thoughts, your actions, your decisions, your words. Um, where it becomes really great to release the heart wall is like it's almost giving you a fresh lens, you know. And people always say when they release the heart wall, they feel lighter, they feel better, they just feel so different because they've been living under all that protection for so long that's really not needed in their life today. So um, when I'm working with people on specifically on relationships, I, I always include working on the heart wall because I think it's such a big piece. I would, I would hate to not work on someone's heart wall when they are focused on relationship because um, Mm. it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing that can, that can impact your relationship. And again, a heart wall can be comprised of prenatal of um, absorbed, of inherited emotions. So a lot of a heart wall, again, can also be not your own, but can be coming from external sources. Mm. Um, so, so there's many people who, again, going through it, uh, realize that they've been carrying around so much that's not needed for them, right? So it's always real, really refreshing and um, feels really good to release that. Yeah. And going back to, I don't know why I'm going into this detail, but maybe we're all yeah, curious. Like, the feet, yeah. like, can you give an example? What was my feet? Was it like 50 feet? Like what's the average feet? In- oh yeah. So I've heard, um, and this is a great question because everyone asks, as soon as I tell them how big their heart wall is, the first question is, oh my gosh, is that really big? Or is that like, you know, um, I have seen, and you know, um, I've heard other emotion code practitioners say, I think it, I think there is, I hope somebody put some, some stats together on this, but um, 
I'd say like an average that I've seen is between 100 and 200 feet. That's an average. But I have seen people as low as like 40 feet. And I have seen people all the way up to like 700 plus. Wow. So um, there are some people who just and they know they know they're like, oh, you know, I know that I hold on to so much and they just they expect Mm -hmm. a very high number. But as an average, to answer your question, I think between 100 and 200, yours is probably right in there somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I remember it not being as small as I thought it was going to be. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like I I still am very defensive of my heart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and there's never a concern that, oh, no, like, do I need that? I, I think people might, the listeners might be wondering, like, what if we release something that I need? Like if I need that protection and that, that will never happen, you know, like we can never force anything. So Mm -hmm. we cannot let go of anything that's not ready to be let go of. So if, if your heart Mm -hmm. and your body and subconscious feels like you still require that protection, it it won't come up in a session. Mm, It's only, it's only what you're really ready to let go of. Yeah. It's very gentle. That's what I love about Mm -hmm. it too. Yeah, I always okay, say this. So, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I always say that it's very gentle. It's very safe. It's non-invasive. It's um, it's it's a great place to start. You know, it's a great. Yeah. It, it's a great thing that um, you don't have to really feel like there's anything happening of concern. It's only what what you're ready to work on will come up. Right. It's only what you are ready to release versus exactly. like being forced or ripped away from you. Yeah. 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 Nothing can be forced. Yeah. I love that. So then the question then comes up also, um, I've shared this a lot on other guest podcasts and I don't know if I've told the story. So bear with me empaths if you haven't heard this story or if you've heard it too many times, but, um, when I left, well, actually right before I left my ex, we had this argument and I went into our bedroom and like, I could see this dark mist, like hanging from the ceiling, like this giant fog in the room. And I was like, that's weird. Cause the lights were on and I was like, I'm tripping out. And then I closed my eyes and I could feel myself being pulled like into this dark tornado, like this vortex that was like completely black. And I opened my eyes and that was the moment where I was like, I need to get out of here because I'm just going to end up at the bottom of this vortex. So can energy in a space have negative emotions or vice versa? Well, that's a great example. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) That's a great example. And yes, so the other thing that I absolutely have added doing when we're working on sessions relating to relationships is also addressing the space, the energy of the space that you live in. So to answer your question, yes, I think so. I think that plays a big component. Um, I know that different people do different energetic releases when it comes to space and comes to their home. A lot of mm-hmm. people like to sage their home a lot. There's different ways that you can release energy. Uh, I like to look at it from applying the emotion code to a bedroom or to a home because in like the example you shared, if there's two people who have a lot of conflict in a bedroom, for example, which was at some issue, point, yes, yeah. So <laughs> yes. at some point, when those emotions are repeated and for a long period of time, mm-hmm. the room can pick up on that energetic vibration. 
And I have now done this on many people and found that, you know, there is truth behind it because things are coming up for people. Um, everyone's home is different, but I will say that the most common spaces are the master bedroom and the kitchen, which are probably like some of the highest used places in the home um, yeah. that do that do hold on to things. And the interesting thing is that it's repetitive. So it's very different than how a person's um, emotions may come up. You may be holding on to multiple. Generally in a space, it's like a repeat of three or four emotions. So yeah, I remember and, when we did MySpace, that one bedroom yeah. was like fear, yes. horror, terror, fear. It was all those. It three. was like repeat. It was a repeat of the same things. And, yeah. you know, um, if you're moving into a new home, that that's a good thing to look into. Um, yeah, or if you're having happening. if you're having trouble in your relationship or feel like there are challenges, um, mm -hmm. looking at the energy of the master bedroom where you're sleeping every night, um, that's great. Um, and the common spaces in the home. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just think it's a great thing to add. So I generally like to look at energy of space as well. Um, I find that people are very open to it and um, also really resonate with what comes up. So, for example, if there is um, a couple who is happens to be fighting a lot and having a lot of arguments, the emotion of conflict, the room may pick up on the emotion of conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you just don't want to sit in that if you're ready to move forward and you're trying to make move forward in the relationship or whatever the decision is on what's happening with the relationship. Yeah. Um, you just don't want the room to kind of feedback the same thing to you when you're trying to move past that. Mm, so, yes, I, I think. I think, and your example was great. You know, you were actually able to see it. Many of us can't actually <laughs> visually see it. Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, maybe if I hadn't seen it, I would have not. But who knows? All right, so we are almost at our conclusion. This is such an amazing conversation. Um, I had one other question about the space. Uh -huh. Like, how often should you clear the space? Um, honestly, I don't, th I think it's, if things are going great and there's no reason for you to believe that it's picking up, if everything feels fine to you, you know, you could check in on it whenever you feel like there's no rule around it. I uh, just like how you would do an emotion code session on yourself. Really? Um, there's no, there's no timeline. I, for myself, like in my home, I just check in like every couple of months, but there's no. And usually it's like if I feel like something is off, then I'll check mm -hmm. in. But if everything feels fine, I, I might not. Right. Yeah. That um, makes sense. So there's really no there's no set rule. But whenever you feel like it, there's no harm in checking in. Um, if, if there's okay. anything that comes up, then you can always clear it. Perfect. OK, so then what are our three tips on how to release negative emotions? I mean, you have a whole system to release <laughs> negative emotions, but some kind of quick win takeaways for our audience um, to help them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first tip I would say is just um, if you can consider energy and emotion and consider using a tool like the emotion code, um, there's many actually. So there's many other modalities and many other ways. The emotion code is the one that I've learned and that I understand the best, but I would say just as a tip, consider looking into some of these things just so that if you feel like something is 
trapped or holding you back, you have some ways of going about it, right? And Mm -hmm. often many of these things you could even do yourself, right? You can self-learn how to apply this for yourself and for your family. Um, So that's one thing I would say. Uh, The second thing I would say is like create a toolkit for yourself, for your emotional wellness, for releasing these trapped emotions. Um, Again, like I said, this is one way, but I think it's just really good to put some time into figuring out what is it that you like. So for releasing, it doesn't have to always be through a system like Emotion Code. You can also use other tools, like you can use essential oils, you can use uh, sound therapy through music, you can use other techniques that, you know, your body resonates with. Um, always with the intention that it's helping to support your emotional wellness. So I think just kind of taking time to figure out what those things are that mm-hmm. that you like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and third, just as a third tip, I would say, and, you know, we didn't really talk about this too much yet in our conversation, but um, really being present in the present moment can be the biggest thing. Um, just to catch yourself, um, Because oftentimes these trapped emotions get trapped when our mind go too far in the back, too far back or too far forward. Um, But when we stay in the present moment, you won't really be building up a trapped emotion in the same way that you would. So if we allow our thoughts and our words to take us to a moment in the past, that's where we might start feeling guilt, feeling sadness allowing that to kind of become stuck with us. If we start going too far into the future, we might start feeling fear and anxiety. Again, allowing that to come into our body and becoming trapped in our body. Um, Mm -hmm. So really just catching yourself in those moments and asking yourself, are my thoughts actually in the present moment? Are my, is what I'm saying actually reflecting the present moment? Um, And I think that that's a thing that you can apply for yourself. Um, when you feel like you're really in your mind, you can kind of stop yourself and say, okay, wait, where am I at? What is this emotion that I'm feeling? Um, and that's just a way to pull yourself back into the present moment. I love that. Cause so many times if you actually stopped and evaluate, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm afraid because I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of yes. what may happen. And it's always like the future or I'm resentful and I'm really angry right now because of what happened to me in the past and yeah yeah so that's kind of more preventative right so that we don't even um because essentially all of this work and the entire conversation that we're having today is about our emotional wellness right and how to bring balance to our body so the more we can um help ourselves stay in that present moment the less we build up in our body Mm mm-hmm Yes, I know. Easier said than done. But if we can just take a book out of the <laughs> all of the, the the monks who are practicing, take a few moments. Um, and I think the tool before that that you mentioned, essential oils mm-hmm. and music mm-hmm. can help you return back to the present without feeling like it's an impossible feat. Yes. And that's why I think it's so important. Like you just said, it's easier said than done, which is why we need all these tools. Right. And yeah. we need ways to help ourselves when we know we're feeling a little off when we know Mm -hmm. there's something going on um so there's many things and I think it's great to just explore what works for each of us because it'll be different for everybody everyone Mm -hmm. will like different things and different things will resonate 
and different things will be helpful for different people. Well, for instance, I'll give an example of the essential oil that, that my subconscious was pulling up and needed for the abundance sessions mm-hmm. was wintergreen, which yeah. <laughs> I smelled it and I loved it. And it reminded me of my aunt who always chewed that gum wintergreen when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but everyone in my house is like, that's so gross. Like that's the grossest smell ever. And it's so funny. Like what? It's unique. It's not going to be maybe the most popular, but it's what you need. And it's for you uniquely. Exactly. Exactly. Different. And that's why each person's session is going to be so unique and so different. Um, it'll never be the same for two people. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love it. This has been so informative. Um, just like I could talk to you about this all day long. And we've had multiple sessions in the codes and, and all that. So it's, it's such great work. Make sure that you guys um, check it out. Share with us where they can find you. And more specifically, um, we've talked about already, you can help them in sessions. But yes. Yeah, I mean, um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, you can find me online just at modfi.ca. Um, and if this work that we talked about resonates with you, I would love to speak to you. Um, you can book a free discovery call with me. We can have a 30-minute call to see if this is a good fit for you, if it sounds like it can be helpful, and to see how it can help you along your journey. Amazing. It's perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Madhvi. Yes, thank you for having me on. So there you have it. These supportive tools are incredibly helpful for overall emotional wellness. Number one, using the emotion code to daily clean out your emotional, to release the negative emotions, trapped emotions, and negative absorbed emotions from so many things in your life and other people's energies. Number two is use essential oils to support yourself as well as sound therapy. And number three is be present. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Focus on you being you and loving yourself in the present right now. And this healing will spread out in a ripple effect. And your light will be able to uniquely shine and you'll feel stronger and connected to your soul's purpose and to just more empowering in your healing journey. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our empath community and receive sparkle reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse. Plus, get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show, and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast. If you are enjoying it, take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, 
Always keep your unique light shining. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headaches stack. Restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack. And sometimes you just gotta believe. There's something that'll give you relief. There's something that'll have what you need. What you need We're broken, it's tragic We're not all elastic But maybe there's magic but